0: What is going on, everybody? It is time for another episode of Logan's Lowdown. It is good to see you, or I guess be in your ears. It's good to be in your ears today. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're having a good start uh, to your day whenever you're listening to this, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Um... I really, uh, I really hope your day's going well so far. Uh, this is episode 312 of Logan's Lowdown. Of course, you knew this without me saying it, but I'm your host, Logan, and it's good to be back. Um, a couple things before we really get going. Do me a favor, follow the podcast on Instagram, at LogansLowdown. You can follow the podcast slash me on Twitter, at Logan Lowdown. And again, me slash the podcast, whatever you want to view it as, uh, at TikTok, at Logan's Lowdown as well. And of course, if you like what you hear, please send this to one friend. If you're listening to this, I'm sure you went to the movies this weekend with somebody or your spouse or your parents or your neighbor, your boss, whoever, send this podcast to that person. Hopefully we can all dive into the uh, crazy entertainment world together. If you're new here to Logan's Lowdown, let me tell you how the show works. Most of the content here is the weekly entertainment update that drops every Monday. Those shows follow the format of this intro, and then we do some subtopics of news or conversation, followed by some main topics, which could include a review, a trailer breakdown, a ranked list of some kind. This week's episode has all three of those things. Wow. (coughs) Look at me. Um, However, uh, we also do... Uh, I, I, of course I'll mention it at the end of the show like I always do but I have a newsletter and if you like newsletters but you prefer them being read to you like an audiobook, you can have that on this same feed you don't need to go and subscribe to another podcast channel um, that will feed right through this uh, podcast channel so that you don't uh, you don't have to go searching for something else we got it all in one place I've also really been experimenting with the idea of having guests interviewing people interviewing guests and, uh, and really getting to know people like down to the nitty gritty. I really want to like, I used to do this podcast where I interviewed people and it was a lot of fun. I got to talk to a lot of cool people, hear a lot of cool stories, get to know them a lot. And, uh, I really enjoyed that aspect of that podcast. So I'm thinking about bringing that back in some capacity. I'm not hundred percent sure how, when, why, um, but, um, but it's coming, it's coming. But uh, let's go ahead and get right into things. I've got a couple pieces of news in conversation to start us off. I've got the news that it seems like a Michael Jackson biopic is happening with the producer from Bohemian Rhapsody. So, uh, with that said, let's pull up this article I have here from the New York Post. It says, Michael Jackson biopic coming from Bohemian Rhapsody producer. Michael Jackson's complex life story is coming to the big screen. Training Day and Emancipation director Antoine Fuqua is uh, set to direct the biopic based on his life and career. Bohemian Rhapsody producer Graham King is producing Michael and the Aviator writer john logan that that sentence was punctuated weirdly graham king is producing michael and the aviator writer john logan is uh writing the script for Lionsgate. quote the first films of my career were music videos and i still feel that combined film and music are a deep part of who i am fuqua said in a statement to deadline the equalizer filmmaker began his career directing music videos for usher tony braxton and many more artists in the 90s He went on, quote, For me, there is no artist with the power, the charisma, and the sheer musical genius of Michael Jackson. I was influenced to make music videos. Shout out to the New York Post for just having all these pop-up ads. Pieces of shit. Um, wow. It's very hard to navigate their website. Fix it, New York Post. Um... First black artist in history to play in heavy rotation on MTV, his music and those images are part of my worldview, and the chance to tell his story on screen alongside his music was irresistible. Filming is set to begin later this year, however, no lead has been casted to play the singer. Antoine is a perspective and a powerful filmmaker, and we feel very fortunate that he has chosen Michael as his next project. His visionary storyline, storytelling skills, and commitment to his craft will make Michael an unforgettable film, a chairman of Lionsgate Motion Picture Group told The Outlet. Uh, King also chimed in and noted how Fuqua will quote, make an exceptional and compelling film that will both celebrate and give profound new insights into the life of the King of Pop. The film will explore Jackson's prolific career as well as the allegations of child sexual abuse against him. Jackson died in June 2009 at 50 due to acute propofol intoxication. don't know if I pronounced that right. Uh, He is survived by his children Prince, Paris, and Biggie formerly called Blanket. Paris 24 got candid about her father's parenting during appearance on, uh, the YouTube series from Naomi Campbell, no filter in 2021. So that is what is up with Michael Jackson. We've got a biopic coming. I don't know who we get to play him, whoever it is. They better, uh, they better be ready for backlash cause it's going to happen. We all know what's going to happen. Um, but you know what we'll, we'll just have to see what happens when we get there. Um, yeah, I'm sure this this can be huge, but I will cautiously uh, I will cautiously wait for updates. So next story we have today is the uh, from the New York Times and uh, again with the pop-up ads. fantastic. Um, Alec Baldwin will be charged with involuntary manslaughter in rust killing. For more than a year, the actor Alec Baldwin has tried to defend himself against the suggestion that he bore responsibility for the fatal shooting of a cinematographer on the set of Rust, a low-budget western he was filming on the outskirts of Santa Fe, New Mexico. He told detectives he had been assured that the gun he was rehearsing with that day did not contain live ammunition, sat down for an extensive television interview, Uh, For the case and then he sued crew members on the film claiming they were responsible for handing him a loaded gun. But on Thursday prosecutors said that they would charge him with two counts of involuntary manslaughter in the killing of the cinematographer Helena Hutchins who is 42, saying that they believed he had a a duty to ensure the revolver was safe to handle. Quote, we're trying to definitely make it clear that that everybody's equal under the law, including A-list actors like Alec Baldwin, coming from Andrea Reeb, a special prosecutor appointed by Santa Fe's county's district attorney to help handle the case. And we want to make sure that the safety of the film industry is addressed and things like this don't happen again. The film's, uh... Director Hannah Reed, who loaded the or I'm sorry, armor, Hannah Gutierrez Reed, who loaded the gun that day was responsible for weapons on set and will also be charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter. The film's first assistant director Dave Halls, who handed Mr. Baldwin the gun, agreed to a plea deal on the charge of negli- negligent use of a deadly weapon. The criminal charges Mr. Baldwin faces came as a surprise to many in the film industry. And were strongly disputed by his legal team. A lawyer for Mr. Baldwin, Luke Nikas, said the prosecutor's decision, quote, "...distorts Helena's Hutchins' tragic deaths and represents a terrible miscarriage of justice." Mr. Baldwin had no reason to believe there was a live bullet in the gun or anywhere on a movie set. He relied on professionals with whom he worked who assured him the gun did not have live rounds. We will fight these charges and we will win." So the the article goes on and on and on and on and on. But I'm going to come out and say right away that uh, this is bullshit. It's absolutely bullshit. First of all, uh, I'm no expert, but live ammunition shouldn't be anywhere on a film set, period. Uh, Most guns that are used in rehearsals, like the one that Mr. Baldwin is talking about, uh, are rubber guns. And then for the real take they throw in a prop gun that still isn't even a real gun. And if it is a real gun, it's firing blanks. So the fact that this armorer if if you know what, I'll give you this. If Alec Baldwin doesn't get charged, then the armorer should definitely get charged. She loaded the gun with live ammunition. Who 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 in their right mind loads a gun with live ammu- ammunition on a film set? in my head, somebody who wants somebody else to take the fall for a kill that they wish they could commit. I'm thinking, I don't think this is a conspiracy or anything, I just think that everybody involved is is punished. You know, funny enough, over Christmas break, my brother and I went to a pistol 101 class, and reason for such is because uh, guns are, I don't want to say they're around us all the time, but you know, I, I'm gonna get my own place soon with Catherine, and I'm probably gonna own a firearm, and I wanted to take the training to make sure I knew what I was doing, so that I wasn't an idiot if I ever had to use it. God forbid. However, um, and they teach you in these film one oh sorry, in these pistol one oh one classes that every gun should be treated as if it's a live gun at all times. You need to be treating a weapon as if it's live at all times. I don't care if it's a prop gun. I don't care if it's a dummy gun. I don't care if it's a water gun. Every gun needs to be treated with handle and care. Now, the fact that Alec was handed this gun and he didn't think anything of it, like, maybe I should check to make sure there's not a bullet in here, makes me even question Alec's sanity, to be quite honest with you. That shows immaturity more than anything else in his entire career that he's done. I mean, the man is in his... 60s, likely. I don't know how old he is. I think it said he was 62 or 63. But either way, the fact that this man picked up a live weapon, I guess he didn't know it was live, but the fact that he... uh, The fact that he did this is, is, is just absolutely stupid to me. I can't believe that he didn't check the gun first. I know he says it's not his job. It's everybody's job on a set to make sure gun safety is taking place. So... He needs to be charged with this, um, if not for manslaughter, for the same thing that the, their director took, the plea deal for uh, whatever it was, uh, bad handling of a gun, wherever the hell the that uh, that article is here. This person says, an actor's job is not to be a firearm or weapons expert. Yeah, but it's an actor's job to make sure the weapon he's handling is uh is 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 taken so stupid um yeah oh yeah okay so uh there we go negligent use of a deadly weapon that's what he needs to be charged with the armorer the woman on set that is in charge of weapons and gun safety she needs to be the one that's really charged here um however i'm not upset that alec baldwin's getting charged because he's a jackass anyway um, but either way, that's that's the story. No more to come. Uh, I'm sure we're going to learn more over the coming weeks about what's going on here, and uh, I will be here the first to report it when we hear some more. So, yeah, there there you go. There's the uh, there's the the news there. Um, okay, another topic we have. This is one of the first main topics. Like I was. Uh, hinting at earlier, um, I finally did my due diligence and watched all of the X-Men movies. And, you know, I had seen most of the X-Men movies over the course of my, you know, my high school and my college years and everything. However, there was a few that I had missed, so I finally went and watched all of them, um, or at least all the ones that I had missed. I had missed the original X-Men trilogy and... And the Wolverine movie, the one where he goes to Japan. Everyone else I had seen, and I was like, you know what? I'm tired of these movies sitting on my watch list. These are stupid. I love comic book movies. I love these characters. It's time to watch these. And I watched them, and now I have my top 10 favorite Fox X-Men universe movies. So this includes Deadpool, The New Mutants, all the X-Men films, uh, all of the Fox X-Men movies. So obviously the Fox Fantastic Four movies aren't included here. Um... So I'm just going to go right into it. Number 10, uh, we've got X-Men Apocalypse. Um, This one is number 10 because while the action is still pretty badass and really cool and Oscar Isaac does a great job of playing Apocalypse, uh, the movie's pretty forgettable. I couldn't tell you really anything that happens here. Um... And uh, obviously some movies aren't on this list. Um, I'll tell you right now that Deadpool 2 is not on this list because I hate Deadpool 2. I think it's a tragedy, absolute tragedy. Um, Nowhere the the genius that Deadpool 1 was, but we'll get to that later. So yeah, X-Men Apocalypse is uh, number 10. Number 9, I consider dark phoenix a much better movie a much more entertaining movie still rushed still weird it seems like fox was just trying to bang out as many x-men movies they could before disney took over and uh this was one of those movies that got caught in the crossfire the marketing was pretty weak for it at the time i saw it and i remember seeing it in theaters and thinking it was good but i do remember thinking yeah it was mid it was it was fine it was okay drinking some water here for a change Trying to drink as much as i can uh number eight we've got the beginning of the new x-men trilogy and that is x-men the last stand i think the x-men the last stand does a great job from you know re getting people re-excited again in the franchise uh, after a break between the last stand and uh oh i'm sorry that's not first class I'm sorry. The Last Stand is this one. I'm, I'm trying to... I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm mixing things up. There's too many of these damn movies. Um, the Last Stand, I enjoyed. The finale of the original trilogy. Sorry about that. And I, I really enjoyed it. Not as much as the other... Uh, the X2 movie. Um, however... This movie, uh, I thought it was awesome with Magneto. Um, he's just a great villain. Ian McKellen as, as Magneto is just fantastic, in my opinion. I, I truly love Magneto as a villain, and Michael Fassbender does a great job taking control of him as a, as a young Magneto, so um, we love to see him in that role as well. But uh, with the whole storyline of the U.S. government claiming they have a cure for the mutants, of course, our X-Men go rogue, no pun intended, and uh, they try to stop... Magneto from harming the humans which you know shows a lot about the X-Men like yeah the humans are trying to cure the mutants Magneto of course wants to overthrow the humans but Wolverine and the others are like no that's that's still wrong we're we're still people too um and I really enjoyed that whole storyline of all of that happening so uh really enjoyed uh X-Men the last stand now we have the beginning of the new trilogy x-men first class i thought uh it was really good with the new and young actors um I, i really i really did enjoy it great uh great casting with all of the new roles like i said michael fassbender and amongst many others that just they just fit in these movies they just truly fit um then we've got an unpopular opinion. I have X-Men Origins Wolverine. I know a lot of people say this movie is trash, but this movie gave us Deadpool, but not in the way that we wanted, but I think this movie inevitably led to giving us Deadpool, and for that, I thank it. I really enjoyed Leave Schreiber in this as well, Taylor Kish as Gambit. Uh, there's a lot to like here, but there's also some shitty stuff, but for the most part, I, I really truly enjoy uh, this X-Men Origins movie. I thought it was a lot of fun way back in the day. I haven't watched it recently but way back in the day I really enjoyed it. Um, following that, another Wolverine flick, we've got The Wolverine. This is the movie I was talking about earlier, where Wolverine goes to Japan to visit a long-lost friend. And, of course, there's secret things going on, and he has to fight and defend his some new friends. And, of course, it's it's just a ton of fun. Hugh Jackman is just fantastic as Wolverine. It's, it's There's no doubt in my mind that he's probably the best casting in... Probably the best casting in cinematic history. If I'm being quite honest, he's he's just perfect for the role, and the thought of anybody else taking over just just sounds horrible to me. But one day it's going to happen because Hugh Jackman ain't getting getting any younger. Um. So with that said, um, we're going to move right into X two. Uh, that's this is my number four pick. Oh X two. Uh, the first X Men movie isn't on this list. Um, and for good reason. I thought it was pretty dull, if I'm being honest, um, but that's also because it was made in 2000, so, you know, give or take what you think about that, but uh, I thought it was a really good sequel. I think it was, like, The Dark Knight to the to Batman Begins. Like, Batman Begins, I personally, truly don't love, but... At the same time, I, I I I can respect it for what it is, and that's how I feel about the comparison between X Two and X Men. Um, just fantastic, just just fantastic. Um, number three, I've got X Men: Days of Futures Past. Uh, this is again like The Dark Knight to The Batman Begins of a first class. Uh, the time travel elements, the action set pieces, the character developments here—it's—they're they're all fantastic. I, I truly love all these movies for the most part that are on this list, but but Fe- Days of Future Past is is its own thing. It's it's truly fantastic, and I really do liked Jennifer Lawrence's uh, Mystique. I believe her name is. I, I I never saw the problem with her being cast as that character, but Mystique is Mystique is great. This movie's great. Fastbender is fantastic again, of course. Um, and then leads right into number two is Logan. James Mangold did his thing here. Uh, also the director of the Wolverine. So that's a fun fact for you. So the studio trusted him to make a rated R Wolverine movie and he delivered on all counts. I believe Logan is borderline perfect. Uh, and I I don't think there's much more that I can say about Logan than, uh, than could be said by anybody that hasn't already been said. So, shouts to the name as well. And finally, number one, you all knew it was coming. Uh, we we all knew it, and, and that's Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool is truly fantastic. A movie that really was born out of the fans and the passion of Ryan Reynolds to bring him to life in his own film. It's a shame that his sequel kind of ruined it for me. However, I hope the third... Uh, outing is one to be reckoned with and yeah dude deadpool fantastic i I, enough said deadpool is freaking fantastic so that was my top uh top 10 uh fox movies uh in the x-men universe so if you if you liked my picks let me know if you didn't let me know um but yeah I, i couldn't Uh, I'm, I'm super thankful that I finally sat down and watched those movies that I was missing. So yeah, time to move on to other movies I've missed. So can't wait for those. Uh, I'm going to get, I'm going to knock so many movies I haven't seen out in 2023. I'm so excited for it. So next up we have, uh, I guess kind of a little trailer breakdown, but kind of a a new story. Um, That is the fact that Netflix the other day put out a trailer for their 2023. They released a uh, kind of a highlight reel of a bunch of movies that are coming out in 2023. And I'm just going to go through this list and talk about um, some of the highlights here. So this is an article from Variety. Netflix has unveiled its 2023 movie preview, which includes Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler's *Who Done It* sequel, Murder Mystery 2, Zack Snyder's space epic, Rep- Rebel Moon, and David Fincher's assassin thriller, The Killer, and at least 30 other films. It's a smaller, though still staggering output compared to previous years. In 2021 and again in 2022, Netflix debuted roughly 70 films, and it's promised to deliver at least one film a week. But after a tough period for the company, including layoffs and its first quarterly subscriber loss in quite some time, it has scaled back the number of films on schedule. A new sizzle reel on Wednesday doesn't dwell on the negative. After touting a glass onion, a Knives Out story, uh, or a Knives Out mystery, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, and other 2022 offerings, Netflix showcased the first look at upcoming Uh, Tent pools including Chris Hemworth's explosive sequel Extraction 2, Gal Gadot's spy thriller The Heart of Stone, and Millie Bobby Brown's medieval action story Damsel. There's certainly no shortage of big stars in the trailer, with projects on deck from Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy, You People, Julia Roberts and Mahersha Ali, Leave the World Behind, Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kusher, Your Place or Mine, Kevin Hart with Lyft, Idris Elba with Luther, The Fallen Son, and Jimmy Foxx with the clone, they clone Tyrone. As part of Wednesday's teaser trailer, Netflix offered insight on some of the films that were previously shrouded in mystery. For one, there's Leo previously referred to as Untitled Adam Sandler Animated, which will drop on the streamer in November of twenty-two or I'm sorry, on November twenty-second. The coming of age animated musical comedy featuring the vocal talents of Sandler will take place during the last year of elementary school as seen through the eyes of a class pet. Here's the log line. Jaded seventy four-year-old lizard Leo, played by Sandler, has been stuck in the same Florida classroom for decades with his terrarium male turtle, played by Bill Burr, where he learns he only has one le- year left to live and he plans to escape and experience life on the outside, but instead gets caught up in the problems of his anxious students, including an impossibly mean substitute teacher. It ends up being the strangest, most rewarding bucket list ever. Cecily Strong, Jason Alexander, Rob Schneider, Sadie and Sonny Sandler, Heidi Garner, Nick and Stephanie Hugh round out the voice cast. There's also new information about Murder Mystery 2, which will drop on March 31st. In the sequel, Sandler and Anderson's characters, Nick and Aubrey Spitz, have become full-time detectives who are struggling to get their private eye agency off the ground. They find themselves in the center of an international abduction when their friend, the Marahaja, is kidnapped at his own wedding. For sci-fi fans... Netflix revealed the plot description for Zack Snyder's grand fantasy adventure, Rebel Moon, which is set to debut December 22nd. According to the tagline, the story begins as a peaceful colony on the edge of the galaxy finds itself threatened by the armies of the tyrannical regent Bolarius. Interesting word there. So they dispatch a young woman with a mysterious past named Korra to seek out warriors from neighboring planets to help them take a stand. And finally, for music buffs, there's Bradley Cooper's Leonard Bernstein film, Maestro, described as a love letter to life and art and emotionally epic portrayal of family and love. The movie captures the lifelong relationship between famed conductor Leonard Bernstein, played by Cooper, and Felicia uh, Montrell eagles Cohn Bernstein, played by Carey Mulligan. Cooper also co-wrote and directed the film and doesn't ha- yet have a release date. Netflix did, however, share release dates for "We Have a Ghost," a comedy with David Harbour, February 24th; Jennifer Lopez-led assassin thriller "The Mother," May 12th; Hemsworth's "Extraction 2," June 16th; they cloned Tyrone, a sci-fi, f- a f- funny sci-fi story with John Boyega, Fox, and Tayana Paris, July 21st. Gal Gadot's Heart of Stone, August 11th, Emily Blunt and Chris Evans-led conspiracy drama Pain Hustlers, October 27th, and The Killer with Michael Fassbender on November 10th. So that's the lineup for 2023. I'm sure more and more will get revealed over time, but for the most part, we've got a pretty awesome 2023 ahead of us on Netflix. Hopefully they're not all stinkers, but you got to be careful these days, so... um. Rounding us out this afternoon, I have a review for Sick, which is a film that uh, debuted on Peacock on January thirteenth. I'm a little behind on that. Everywhere I went said that this movie released in 2022, but everywhere I see say that it's uh, it released in. But also everywhere I see says that it released January thirteenth on Peacock. So you know what? I'm doing Peacock. I'm doing 2023. So Sick is directed by John Hames. John Hames, uh, or Hyams, he is known for directing Alone uh, for, that's pretty much it, looking at his other filmography, Uh, and it all makes sense, because Sick is an absolute shithead. Um, tagline: You're not safe inside. In the midst of the pandemic, college student Parker and her best friend Miri decide to self-quarantine at her family's lake house, where will they where they will be alone, or so they think. The film stars Gideon Adian, uh, Bethlehem Million, Dylan Sprayberry, and some others. Um, the average letterbox rating of this movie with uh, let's see how many how many ratings are there eighteen thousand ratings. Uh, 18,198 to be exact, uh, and the weighted average is a 3.22 out of 5, um, yeah, uh, about that, I think that this movie was dog shit, absolute dog shit, um, in my review of Sick that I wrote on Letterboxd, if you didn't know I had a Letterboxd, you can, um, my username is atloganlewis96 on Letterboxd. Uh, so I wrote, uh, with um, my review, I wrote, uh, This movie was painfully not great. It wasn't trash, but tons of aspects didn't work for me. Uh, for one, the lighting for the entirety of the movie was horrid. I watched this movie in a dark room, and I still couldn't see anything. The sound design also didn't work. Several scenes, the audio would just phase out or dramatically be quieter than the scene before it. It was really annoying and really dumb. Uh, The cast did fine. They did what they needed to do for this movie. No complaints really on their part. Uh, But the technical aspects of this movie really killed it for me. Damn. 1.5 out of 5 stars at a 64 out of 100. However, I wrote that movie, or I wrote that review with about 20 minutes to go. So then, after I finished the movie, I came back. And uh, I wrote, edit. I typed this review before the movie ended. 20 minutes to go. I have now finished the movie The way this ended is hog shit. What a waste of an hour and 20 minutes. Half of a star out of five stars, 34 out of 100. Man, this movie really didn't need to be about the pandemic. It would have saved it, if I'm being honest with you. The whole COVID storyline was just stupid. Just have a masked killer hunting two teenage girls in a log cabin. It's been done before, and it would have been decent at best, but... This movie just absolutely, the last 30 minutes lost me, man. I was kind of entertained that first half. Again, I, I was really going 1.5 out of 5 stars uh, basically a mid-range D. Like, I didn't think it was absolute garbage, but I didn't think it was fantastic at all. But man, the last 30 minutes really lost it for me. I really want you guys to watch it, just so you can see how profoundly stupid it is. I have no doubt that this is going to be my least favorite movie of 2023. I'm already ahead of it. I'm already ready for it. Um, but the way that this movie ended just completely sucked me out of it and reminded me about the pandemic. And it reminded me that the whole Hollywood should be making movies about the pandemic. Just, it just reminded me how fucking stupid that idea is. So if you want to waste your time, if you want to throw a movie on and laugh at it at the end, throw on sick, it's on Peacock. It's only an hour and 23 movie. 23 minutes, and it was the longest hour and 23 minutes I think I've experienced in a long time. What a damn shame. If you would have ripped out the pandemic elements from this movie, it would have been fine. But the things that they did with the end and the lecture that they gave the public in this movie, just atrocious. What a fucking waste. I get more mad about it as I talk about it. So I'm not going to curse in your ears for uh, too much longer check out sick. If you want to be astronomically disappointed with your life. Um, but other than that, that's, uh, the episode that wraps it up for this week's episode. If you have thoughts on any of the topics I discussed and you want to add more to the conversation, you can follow, uh, me at the following. You can follow again, the show on Instagram, uh, at Logan's Lowdown. You can follow me personally on Twitter, at Logan's Lowdown. You can follow me on Letterboxd, at LoganLewis96, so you can see all the films that I've reviewed in the past. I've written reviews for all of those... um whatchamacallit, those movies that I had talked about earlier, like I'd, I've written reviews for The Wolverine, The Last Stand, X2, all of these movies that I've been catching up on lately and reviewing, I have been writing reviews for them, very short reviews, just short and sweet on most of them. Uh, however, and then I've, you know, I, I give my score uh, at the end. So with that said, I uh, I thank you guys for listening. Um, but again, letterbox, Logan Lewis 96, TikTok at Logan's lowdown. If you like what you hear, send it to a friend. Uh, if you like written content, I write like I said earlier today. Um, In this episode, I write a bi-weekly newsletter entitled Logan's Lowdown where I write about all things me. I talk about my personal life. I give movie reviews, streaming recommendations, gaming reviews, what I've been watching lately, comics, meals I've had lately, Catherine's Corner, and more. Check it out. It's free, just like this podcast. That's the best part, that it's free. Go to loganlewis.substack.com to read and subscribe. That newsletter drops every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as the audio companion, like I was talking about. There's a whole, you know, a, a companion where you can hear me uh, read the newsletter out loud to you that drops on this same podcast feed so that you never have to go to another place to hear it It's all in the same place and that also drops every other wednesday uh, at twelve thirty eastern If you like the content that I put out and you want more there's always more I do another weekly podcast with my two very good friends jordan and matthew Called guys on tap we discuss anything and everything sports music movies entertainment uh gaming uh headlines in the news nostalgia our lives throwbacks everything food uh that show is always uh available on any podcast platform we have a beer while we record that's why it's called guys on tap and uh and it's a lot of fun it's very funny um and it's got some great comedy some great dynamics um that show is available anywhere you listen to this podcast and the handles for Instagram and TikTok are guys on tap as well. Thank you all so much. I will see you next week. Bye-bye.